0: This podcast is part of the BombPod Media Network.
1: lisa the hope diamond the sarcophagus of king to uncommon humanity has accumulated hundreds upon hundreds of priceless artifacts and treasures each one the physical embodiment of a certain time and place but for all of humankind's greatest achievements we also kind of suck for every priceless painting on display in the louvre there is another masterpiece stolen and bartered off in an underground auction or even collecting dust in your grandmother's attic. Each week, Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, explores the strange, but mostly true, tales behind history's greatest lost treasures. If you like unsolved mysteries and true crime, with maybe a little less murder, but certainly a few weird deaths, then you should come along on the journey. Join me, Maxwell, as I dig beneath the couch cushions of history. You can find Relic on iTunes, or stream us at relic.blueberry.net That's blueberry without the E's Adventure awaits
0: Well the old legends say He was born late one night To a mother of twelve Who cursed a thirteenth new life And then he flew up the chimney And disappeared clean from sight In the pine barrens night. He's got the wings of a bat and a serpentine tail. In his red eyes they glow like the fires from hell. And when he hisses and screams, you'll pray it's all a bad dream. In the pine barrens night. And it makes you want to run and hide Find a safer place somewhere inside Away from what could be That son of Mrs. Lee Still lurking in the pine this night.
2: Welcome everyone to episode sixty three, as I'm told, because I thought it was sixty four, but apparently it's sixty three. People play horror stories. We have an awesome show for you tonight. We got a a, a cornucopia. Can I can I use cornucopia? Because it's not really Thanksgiving time yet. I was gonna say
3: it's almost. It's close enough.
2: Yeah, we have a cornucopia of things to talk about tonight. So it's gonna be really cool. My name is Jerry, and I'm of course joined by my um, nasally co-host Tracy. (laughs)
3: Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to be. I'm
2: <laughs> oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I should have said nasally, high-pitched, voiced co-host Tracy.
3: Dang. I thought you weren't even going to say anything. I didn't. You did. Well, you left out the one word. Big <laughs> Harry Dale. <Dill. laughs> I apologize for my nasalness, Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay
2: Those of you who follow on Twitter know that's an inside joke to a uh, <laughs> review that we got uh, You
3: know, I swear, I don't think I sound that way Why didn't you never tell me?
2: Because you can't help the way you sound
3: Well, I thought it, I thought maybe it was just a little, like a small instance When I was having sinus issues a couple weeks ago But I guess it's throughout well, my whole life
2: If you consider a small instance the course of about 55 shows <laughs> That would be a small O-M-G. instance OMG
3: <laughs> mm.
2: Anyways, we want to jump in here with uh, thanks to all of our military and civil servants.
3: Love you all very much. God bless each and every one of you.
2: And, of course, special prayers go out to our um, the United States military, uh, the four gentlemen and their families that were, uh, well, not their families, but the four gentlemen that were killed in Niger a couple of days ago, and uh, obviously prayers to their families for Absolutely. what they're dealing with right now.
3: Prayers for you guys so much.
2: Jump in here real quick to some iTunes reviews because we had a ton of them. Yahoo! Veronica Quilty in Topeka, Kansas. Thank you. Thank you. Farmer Farmer. KCK86. L. Michelle. Katie McClurg. I hope hope that's McClurg and not McClurge.
3: Wow. What's that mean?
2: Well, I don't want to mispronounce her name. Oh. Because she lives right here in Kentucky. McClurg. I think it's McClurg. And I said Katie and it's Kathy. Oh, my God. You need to rewrite that. I thought it's the first name. It's Kathy McClurg. So sorry about that, but look at all the extra time you got apart from all the other iTunes (laughs) reviews. (laughs) <laughs> and then we got Lex Tastic, which is our infamous only less than five star review of the week. With the Oh, that's from that person? Yeah, yeah that's from that person. That's okay. I still love you. <laughs> Jason Simpson, uh, Jay Jocelyn, Chiefers, Ashley from Minnesota, Christy Justice, Jeffrey and Steve, X ray Vision 54, Miss JJ. Kimbo Slice, 1992. I know that's not the original Kimbo Slice since he's dead. So Who's
3: that? Who's Kimbo Slice? He was
2: an uh, MMA fighter.
3: Oh, that's right. Yep. I'm and sorry. Rest in peace, Kimbo Slice. Cas-
2: this is one of my favorite names. Castle Storming Elizabeth.
3: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs>
2: then we've got Abe from North Carolina and uh, History Liker. So Hey,
3: I love those names. That's eight, awesome.
2: 18 reviews last week. That's Thank good. you
3: guys so much. Woo.
2: Patreon, let's touch on that for a second. Um, Lynn Shirley. She uh, started following this week with a $10 donation. Oh, thank, thank you so you much, Lynn. Thank you. And then we've got uh, Julia and Kara Noting. So we've got uh, three three new um, Patreon supporters this week.
3: Welcome aboard, guys.
2: Yep. And the beauty of this is we've decided on some things. Well, I've decided. I haven't told Tracy, but for the most part, we, we decide that on patreon starting going forward we're going to add a little more to all you guys no matter what level you came on on we're going to do uh, i said on on twice no, you did to what level you came on aboard patreon we are yeah. going to do at least probably just me some little short stories throughout the month that they're on there so you'll That's probably awesome. get another two or three four stories a month they'll be short it might be three to five minutes long but yeah. It's just all extra for you guys because we appreciate you.
3: Yeah, thank you. Does that mean I'm not doing it too? You just said me.
2: Well, it's because sometimes you're not around to be able to do it.
3: Oh, well, that makes sense.
2: And they're going to be short, so. Mm-hmm. I already did one. You probably don't even know about I it.
3: Don't, I don't know what See. you do with your life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so we got, uh, let's talk about tonight's show because the main subject of tonight's show is the Jersey Devil. And the
3: Jersey Devil. Is that good? The no. Joyzy.
2: That was good. That was not good.
3: Damn it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So
2: we're gonna do the Jersey Devil. As, as if that wasn't scary enough. Uh <laughs> then we've got a listener story that um he wanted me to read on the air. So we're gonna do that. We're gonna do Paul's story later. And then we have a special treat because we had a listener that was very nervous on telling a story that, that took place over the course of several years. He reached out to us and said, hey, I'd like to be able to do this, but I've hardly told anybody this story. And it all took place from the time he was like 16 years old over to the course till he was like 30 years old. Oh, wow. So he's going to be on the show. And actually, tell his story, and we'll do that at the end.
3: Yay!
2: But I think you guys are really going to like the story. And then, like I said, he was super nervous telling it. He kept apologizing. I kept telling him, "Hey, everybody's nervous when they're telling something deep down personal like of that. Course. So you can't help but to to be nervous." So, with that being said, a bunch of cool stuff at the very beginning of the show. You heard um, the promo for a show called The Relic. It's a pretty cool show. We're actually going to be on that show. Maxwell interviewed us for, um, he's doing like a Halloween special that'll be out probably a couple of days before Halloween. And it's about uh, haunted objects. And he wanted us to come on and talk about uh, the relic. that w- or Not the relic. What did we do? The, the divic box. The show's the relic. I'm an idiot. But huh. now I'm going to get a bad review. Yeah? No, not me because I don't have a nasally voice. Um, but the you have a bald head. So, <laughs> the... Uh, Show that we did, it. actually we talked about that, but then we talked about uh, a couple of other objects that he had, so we kind of round-tabled it. It was pretty cool.
3: But we're really at a square table.
2: me <laughs> 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 stop it. Uh. So are we ready to jump into this?
3: Yeah, let's go. Let's talk about that old dumb devil. <laughs> God.
2: From Jersey. Okay, the Jersey devil. This this really is <laughs> one of the stories um, I don't know why I do this, but this was one of the stories that people have been asking to do like forever and I just didn't want to do it. Why? Well, because everybody's done it. Everybody's well, done it. so
3: everybody's going to do know, all the stories. I know, I know
2: we've done, I know a lot of people and that's really why there's no logic in it, but everybody's done it and uh, so I just and I just didn't have that big of a fascination with it. But then once I started getting into it, the mm-hmm. fascination comes. So. Of course. So let's talk about the Jersey Devil. It is without a doubt New Jersey's oldest and most enduring important pieces of folklore. There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. People have been talking about uh, the Jersey Devil for about 300 years.
3: 300 years? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, not nonstop because nobody's <laughs> that old. It's different people from. Oh, each I mean, one I passing. forget that. I mean, okay, well, that's a long time. I just wanted to make sure you, you knew because they, they didn't have cell phones when this first I started. I
3: swear upon my soul, <laughs> a compunch in your head with that dang cell phone.
2: The story of the beast um, is that it stalks the Pine Barrens, which is right there. It covers the Pine Barrens is like huge. I mean, it covers like 22% of the state of New Jersey.
4: Oh, wow. Yeah,
2: it covers a lot of New Jersey. Uh, He's terrorized multitudes of people in that entire area. Now, let's talk about the Pine Barrens real quick, uh, because the Pine Barrens, it's an area of where nothing really grows mm-hmm. because of the, the land is really sandy. Oh. So the only thing that really grows are these big pine trees. Mm-hmm. And that's how it gets its name, the Pine Barrens. Makes
3: sense.
2: Uh, so it's, it's a big, you know, part of it's a national park. Oh, that's beautiful. But, oh, it is. It, it is uh, from pictures because I've never been there. Yeah, but, but I, bet it, I
3: bet it is great.
2: So here's what we got. The legend has it that in 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds, Mother
3: Leeds, yeah,
2: Mother okay. Leeds. She found herself pregnant for the thirteenth time.
3: Well, find another hobby, Mother.
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently, birth control wasn't a strong well, point back not. in the seventeen hundreds. And Leeds, by the way, was the early, earliest settlement in New Jersey, so that's, that would be a pretty common name, and it's still a common name today. Um, so she she finds herself pregnant. Mother Leeds was poor. Her husband was pretty much a drunk, and he did very little to provide for his family. And
3: well, he knew where to stick that wing, or didn't he? Yeah,
2: he sure did.
3: Good grief!
2: But in fairness, he could have accidentally tripped and fell and stuck his dick in her. So <laughs> shut up. Let's not just let's not just completely blame him.
3: Oh my gosh. So That took a terrible
2: turn. <laughs> I know it. She was frustrated with the thought of, of being pregnant again and knowing what her future would hold. So she threw her hands to the, to the heavens and said, let this one be the devil.
3: Oh, my gosh. Why would she say such a thing?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess that's just what you do. When you... Oh,
3: my Lord. That's terrible.
2: Now, she went into labor uh, a few months later because she was apparently pregnant six, seven months at the time she did this. Uh, but she went. she goes into labor. It's a very stormy night. At this point, she had totally forgotten, obviously, about her little gesture. Mm -hmm. And all of her kids and husband were in any other room. And she was in the room with the the midwives actually getting ready to... Give birth. Give birth, yeah. Now, by all accounts, the baby was actually born a normal, healthy baby boy. But within moments, Mother Leeds kind of wishes kind of came to fruition. The baby started to change. Uh, it, it went almost metamorphosized right before everybody's eyes. Oh, that everybody! Were in that room. Oh my gosh! Yeah, everybody's seen this. So within minutes, it transformed into from a beautiful baby boy into a hideous creature, uh, unlike anything the world had ever seen. Was now, see, the how
3: unfair is that to that baby?
2: Well, that's true. It wasn't his fault. I have seen some ugly babies, though.
3: Well, they grow up to be beautiful people.
2: I don't think any of them were as ugly as what this baby was, though. Because according to this, the baby started growing at an incredible rate. It sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-type claws that ripped through the tips of its fingers. It had leather bat-like wings that unfolded from its back. It had hair and feathers started sprouting all over its body. The eye began to glow red, or I guess eyes, probably mm-hmm. two eyes. The eyes began to glow red at the uh and started kind of getting larger in the creature's snarled up face. So it started getting bigger even though the face wasn't getting any bigger. Thank God. The creature then brutally attacked and killed its mother.
3: Well, that's what she gets.
2: <laughs> then it turned its attention to the rest of the uh the horrified onlookers in the room. It flew at them. It started clawing and biting, uh, unleashing these unearthly type of shrieks that basically went on the entire time that he was creating this havoc. He tore the midwives limb from limb, maiming some, killing the others, and then the beast charged and bursted through the door into the uh, next room where the family was, the husband and the children that were kind of huddled in fear. And... He attacked and killed as many of those as he possibly could.
3: Oh, that's so terrible.
2: Well, those who survived to tell the tale then watched in horror as the beast sprinted to the chimney and flew up the chimney. And it destroyed the chimney completely, leaving it in, in a pile of rubble.
3: So he's got to be a show off, in other words.
2: Apparently. So
3: he's just going to kill everybody, maim everybody, and just do a big stunt for the finale. <laughs> yeah.
2: So he made his way to the Pine Barrens. And some will say that he's been there ever since.
3: Really? He's never like so he's never showed his ugly face again?
2: No, he showed his face a whole bunch of times, that's what we're going to talk about. Otherwise, oh. we would have a really short show.
3: Well, that was true. That was
2: just the background of what the story is. I got gotcha. you. Now, most call him the Jersey Devil, but some call him the Leeds Devil. Because of Mother Leeds.
3: Yeah, well be careful what you wish for, just and, saying.
2: And that's the most common story, by the way, of what happened. There's several different stories and takes on this and we'll cover a few other later. But okay. that's the most common story. So in the eighteenth and nineteenth centuries, the Jersey Devil was spotted, um, uh, I guess sporadically throughout the Pine Barrens area. He frightened local residents who, uh, at the time were brave weren't brave enough to spend some time in the in the vast wilderness. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, and like I said, the Pine Barrens, like I said, it's mostly a sandy type. It's horrible farming. So it's there's really no kind of construction or anything that goes on yeah, in there. Yeah, so really no reason so to it, be in there. Yeah, so, it, I mean, if you're in there, it really is a lot of space. Mm-hmm. That's nothing but trees, so you can see how that would be spooky.
3: So, basically, though, he just stayed in there. He didn't, like, come out in the town, or did he? We'll get to that. Dang it. <laughs>
2: okay. It's said that you can hear unearthly whales just coming straight from the the dark forest, and and there's some bogs and stuff there too, swampy kind of bogs. So you got trees, sandy and swampy bogs. So it's not the the, the most you know. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It's a perfect place for something like a a hidden creature to be hiding, to be honest with you. Now, the slaughter of some domesticated animals would be attributed to the Jersey Devil, also known as the Phantom of the Pines. How about that for a cool name? Yeah,
3: that's pretty
2: cool. Now, over the, over the years, the legend actually has grown. It occasionally would even step outside of the boundary of the pines to terrorize some neighboring um, towns and cities. Mm,
3: so that, that is, answers
2: that question. Yeah, that
3: would scare the crap out of you.
2: The most famous incident occurred during um, the week of January 16th through the 23rd in 1909. Now, we're going to gloss over this, but then we'll get into some specifics here at the end. Okay. But early in that week, reports started coming in from all over Delaware Valley that strange tracks were being found in the snow.
4: Mm.
2: The mysterious footprints went over and under fences. Well, yep. How did that happen? I don't know. Through fields and backyards and across rooftops of houses.
3: I wonder what the feet look like.
2: We're going to get into that.
3: Dang it again.
2: You know, you you would think that you would know that eventually this stuff's coming.
3: Well, I just do that because sometimes I might have missed something. I just want to make sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They were even uh, seen in... Large cities like Camden and Philadelphia. So, you know, in Philadelphia is, uh, I know when we talked to Dina, I remember she yeah. brought up the Jersey Devil and said that the Pine Barrens is actually really close to Philadelphia. Panic immediately began to spread. People started forming posses in several of the small towns and stuff. The fear really heightened, though, when reports of the bloodhounds refusing to follow the creature's trail in a little town called Hamilton. Schools were closing, and the ones that didn't, they suffered from very low attendance uh, in New Jersey and Philadelphia were the main places. But then you also got workers because there's a lot of uh, mills here. Obviously, when you got a lot of pine trees and stuff, you're going to have sawmills and, yeah. and and mills like that. Well, a lot of the mills in the Pine Barrens were forced to close because workers would refuse to, to leave their homes and cross through the Pine Barrens to get to work.
3: Yeah, I don't blame them.
2: So, I wouldn't either. Yeah, so you can imagine how that could be a problem. Now, people started spotting the Jersey Devil in Camden and Bristol, Camden, New Jersey, and Bristol, Pennsylvania. So, those mm-hmm. two cities, both of those cities, the police say they shot at it but they couldn't bring it down, so they either missed it or, or nothing happened. Then in Camden, it apparently attacked a a social club that was having some kind of a, an event or, or a meeting or something, but it, it came in and attacked them and flew away. Now, nobody was hurt. It was just that it kind of scared them, freaked them out.
3: So he likes big crowds.
2: Yeah, apparently so. Now, early in that day, uh, he terrorized a trolley car full of passing people, he kind of went by it, flew by it a few times, enough to freak him out.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then he flew off from there. Now, the witnesses that did see him then said it looked like a large kangaroo.
3: Hmm. Kangaroo.
2: Yeah. And you'll hear a lot of when we get into the descriptions and stuff mm-hmm. that's got like a horse face. and Oh, dang. Yeah, so a lot of
3: people saw a lot of different right. things.
2: But mostly it's very similar. If you ever look up pictures of it, mm-hmm. you'll see it's, it's quite a unique animal. It's a bunch of animals mixed together. Now, there was another trolley full of people who saw it in Burlington. They said that when it crossed in front of the uh, uh, car, it kind of licked the tracks.
3: It licked licked, the tracks? It
2: licked the the trolley car tracks.
3: What's the point of that?
2: I have no idea. Maybe he just needed a little iron in his body or something. (laughs) Maybe he was anemic. Yeah. But anyway, so he licked the tracks, and that kind of freaked them out. In Collinswood, it apparently appeared on the house of, of somebody, and it was described as an ostrich looking creature. Now some firemen apparently seen the same thing. They sprayed it with a hose, but it attacked them and then flew away. So these, I mean, but you got policemen and firemen and stuff like, these are respectable people that are seeing this thing. Now the whole week people reported that their livestock, especially chickens were being slaughtered. The main places this happened was in the towns of Bridgeton and Millville. Now later that week, it reappeared in Camden where a woman claims that it was trying to eat her dog. That's, that's rude. That's kind of funny in its own right. She said that she hit it with a broomstick and it flew away. That week in January 1909 was the most active the devil had been since it had been ever had started recording sightings yeah. of it.
3: What did that lady think she was going to do with a broomstick? <laughs> I don't know. She better be shoving it up its butt or something. Because <laughs> that ain't going to work.
2: That definitely took a turn for the worst sorry so that definitely doesn't mean that the sightings have stopped several sightings of years are still reported even today and many people believe that the jersey devil is a real dangerous creature then you got other people that believe that's just a a, a myth but there is a constant stream of of, you know reports of, of devil encounters every single year
3: well yeah i was gonna say there sure is an awful lot of people seeing all this Right. That's just like, you know, ten or twenty here and there.
2: Well, most people they report seeing strange unidentifiable prints in the sandy soil of the pine barrens. Some say that um it's looks like the footprint of a of a large bird. Others say that it looks more like hoof prints.
3: Hmm. Well, I could probably see that.
2: Well either way it, it appears that it walks on two legs. That's oh. the that's one of the things that people are in there. A substantial amount of reports claim that the prince look like cloven hooves, which is a pretty well-known description of Satan.
3: Well, this all sounds scary to me, and I would just assume not meeting.
2: <laughs> well, there's still a handful of people who claim to see the Jersey Devil himself every year. Because some people just see the, the prince, is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Some people claim they see him. Uh, most of New Jersey embraces the New Jersey Devil in folklore. Others see it as a safety concern. And you know, it's even cool to the point to where uh, uh, for those of you who are hockey fans, the New Jersey Devils is the hockey team of New Jersey and they named it after the Jersey Devils. So that's pretty cool. They did? Yep. Wow. Now for some people who were not believers, all it really took was uh, an encounter in the moonlight of the forest by Hmm. themselves or with a couple of people to kind of change their whole mindset on that. They say that a ghostly mist kind of drifts across the swamps, and you can hear an unearthly cry of some kind of a creature uh, kind of reverberating through the whole dark forest.
3: Well, they're brave, that's all I can say. Why anybody <laughs> would be in the forest in the dark is beyond me.
2: Well, that's when you go camping, a lot of times it's in the dark.
3: That's okay, but not in that place I wouldn't, if, especially if you know there's a creature out there. But if
2: you don't believe that there's a creature out there. wow, uh, no. You know,
3: so. I still wouldn't take my chances.
2: Let's talk about some famous sightings. We're going to start with this, and we're going to get a lot of the descriptions we're going to get are going to come from these sightings. So that's why I haven't really given a complete description other than what was given at the birth and and a couple. But in 1735, the former king of Spain, Joseph Bonaparte, does that name sound familiar? Yeah. That's Napoleon Bonaparte's brother. He was, he kind of forced out of his country in spain uh-huh, right he was forced out and then he was, and he was uh, exiled over to america so he had to give up his throne and everything but while he was here he claimed that he was out hunting one day in the pines and one day he saw some tracks that looked like donkey tracks now that was if a donkey walked on two feet mind you well,
3: duh. i yeah. bet you didn't think of that
2: yeah so well i mean he said it looked like donkey that's what he said it looked like donkey tracks if a donkey walked on two feet he said the tracks just stopped. He followed them, and they just stopped. Like, whatever it was took flight. Mm-hmm. So he hears this hissing sound behind him, and he turns around, and he was actually face-to-face What he said, a large winged creature with a horse-like head and bird-like legs. He said he was so paralyzed that he forgot that he even had a rifle. Oh, yeah, to and protect he, And he watched it fly off.
3: Oh, dang. So he
2: didn't even try to shoot at it or anything. Oh. C- Commodore Stephen Decatur... Who was actually a captain in, Captain in the Revolutionary Navy? Mm-hmm. So this guy's very well respected. He was actually in the area, and was doing uh weapons tests and stuff like that because they had the cannons, cannonballs, and all that stuff. And this guy was an expert marksman with a cannon. No oh, dang. So it. so he was checking stuff. He saw the devil flying overhead, and he ordered um, one of the one of the guys to to shoot at it, shoot a cannon at it. Uh-huh. He swears up and down that, that he hit it but it's like it went straight through it. Oh. it didn't didn't affect it whatsoever. And like <laughs> I said That's some crap. And this guy like I said, he was a, a an award, you yeah. know, an awarded uh medal whatever you call them, Cannonball decorated shooter. decorated. He was a decorated <laughs> military guy. In 1740 a wandering missionary, this is we're going to go back a little bit cuz this is part of the stories that go going, but in 1740 a wandering missionary that preached from town to town he supposedly exercised him for a hundred years. So from seventeen forty to eighteen forty, he was not supposed to be seen. And you gotta keep in mind where some of these stories were coming from. Uh like with Bonaparte was 1735. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not like this actually um, you know, this was right after all these sightings yeah. took place. So he says, Hey, we banish you to be gone for a hundred years, and after that was done. He was still seen a couple of times, so I don't know how good it really did. But the the cannonball incident and Napoleon happened right before this. Hmm. Well, then, go ahead. Did you have something?
3: No, I was just going to say, wonder why he thought he banished, I banished you. What makes you think he's going to listen?
2: I have no idea. But he wasn't seen that many times afterwards. So that puts it to 1840 when he could come back. Then he started having some sightings. And then we're going to get in. I told you we were going to talk more about that week of, of January in 1909. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some specifics. Saturday, January 16th was the first day of the sighting of that week of terror, as they called it. There was one in Woodbury, New Jersey, and one in Bristol, Pennsylvania. So it keeps popping up in the same cities. The Woodbury sightings was um, by a gentleman by the name of Thack Causers, C-O-Z-Z-E-R-S. He saw it cross on the road by, by the Woodbury Hotel, and he said it was faster than a car, but not as fast as a trolley, so I don't know how fast the cars and trolleys. An in
3: betweener.
2: Yeah, it was an in betweener. He said that it had two spots of phosphorescence for eyes. Oh wow! So I'm cool. I'm assuming that's like reflective. Yeah. You know. Now in Bristol, a patrolman by the name of Jack Sackville, who would later become chief of police of the Bristol Police Department. He described the creature as a winged beast, but it hopped like a bird with features of a peculiar animal. I don't know what that means. A peculiar It has features animal. of a peculiar animal. Its voice was like a terrible scream. It was high-pitched and nasally. Oh, <laughs> I made that up.
3: You did. Did you just make that
2: up? I just made that up. It, 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 he did say it, so had, mean. It, says it had a terrible scream. It fled after he fired his gun at it. Immediately after that, E.W. Minster, who was the, the postmaster of Bristol, said that he saw it flying over the Delaware River at around 2 a.m. in the morning.
3: That's a weird time. Well, I mean... No? Maybe, not it's, a weird maybe time.
2: it's nocturnal. Oh. During the same week on Tuesday, Mr. and Miss Nelson Evans actually woke up to an ungodly sound in their backyard.
4: Call! Call!
2: This is not... <laughs> this is not the about time podcast (laughs) if any of y'all listen to that you'll get that if you listen to the about time podcast after we had sean on you'll get that anyway so they had this horrible sound in the backyard they stared out their bedroom window and saw this creature perched on top of their shed they said it was about three and a half feet high with a head like a collie dog and the face of a horse that's a, That's got to be a face only a mother could love.
3: Jesus, why don't all these different descriptions of this thing...
2: <laughs> it had a long neck and wings, two feet long back legs, like a crane. It had horse hoofs, and it walked on its hind legs. It held up its two short legs, and it had paws on them.
3: Oh, stop now. That crap made—that's made up.
2: <laughs> he said it didn't use its little short legs at all, at least during the time they were watching it.
3: I couldn't even row a boat either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they... They opened they opened the window and and I and I quote they yelled "shoo" it barked at them and flew away.
3: It barked at them.
2: That's what they said.
3: Are they alcoholics. I was <laughs> kidding.
2: Now, I promised we were going to get into a couple of the alternate stories of how this came to be, but we're not going to spend a lot of time on them because quite frankly, I'm just not that interested in them. Let's well I like the main story, so that's one I was focused on. So One of the alternate stories of how the creature came to be is that Mrs. Leeds, or some people call her Mrs. Leeds, some people call her Mother's Leeds. So, but for this sake, Mrs. Leeds refused food to a wandering gypsy. The gypsy then cursed her and her unborn child. That's one of the stories of how he how came I to be. How he became a devil. Right. There's all kinds of different stories, too. Like this story, the original we told, that she had 12 kids, and this was the 13th. But there are stories that say it was the 8th. There's some that says it was the 4th. There's some that say it was the 6th. That's still too many kids. It's it's all over the place. Yeah, put the dick away. That's all I'm saying. You don't need it. (laughs) Another version is that a different woman, not Mrs. Leeds at all, she was impregnated by a British soldier and gave birth to the devil himself. Now, most people believe that that story was just revolutionary war propaganda because back then everybody hated the British that mm-hmm. were over in the in the States. So they considered the British to be the devil. So oh. just being impregnated by a British soldier was all it took. So, but that was just more of a bullshit type story that people would tell.
3: Like the British are coming.
2: Get it? Also in the pines.
3: <laughs> that bad?
2: Also in the pines, supposedly is haunted by a spirit of a pirate from the infamous Captain Kidd crew that they killed him on purpose so he could his spirit could overwatch some treasure that was buried there.: Oh wow. so
3: How do people come up with these crazy stories?: I have no idea.: But they're good and interesting.
2: That story was probably pirated.: Oh um, <laughs> That's one of those dad jokes people can. up. You know what? I never got accused of telling Dad's jokes till we started this. Yeah. But these jokes are so lame because yeah, that's the lame. only ones I can put up.
3: Mom was kind of lame, but I'm used to lame, so it's okay.
2: So, anyway, that is the story of the Jersey Devil.
3: That was really cool. It's scary to think that that creature can just come down and tear you apart with everything. And ooh,
2: That is horrible.
3: It's terrible. I mean, if you just envision it in your head, it's just awful.
2: I think it's the whole part of this audio is so you can't envision it in your head.
3: I know. Well, I had a dream last <laughs> night that... Um, We had giant-sized lobsters in our house. Not every house had them, but so everybody was trying to hide from them or, you know, just keep looking around and make sure they didn't see them because if they grabbed you, the lobster drug you to hell. Now, what kind of stupid dream is that?
2: No comment. That's a dumb
3: dream, right? It was so realistic, too. I will never eat lobster again.
2: Yeah, I believe that when I say it. The end. I wish you wouldn't at the prices that it costs us every time we go to Red Lobster.
3: I know, it was so good.
2: Yeah, if it. you like seafood.
3: I do love seafood.
2: But I don't. I know you don't. If I get to go spend a fortune on a meal, I don't really care to have.
3: But you do it because you love me.
2: I know, that's the truth.
3: And I appreciate it. Okay.
2: All right, let's, talk, let's tell Paul's story real Hey, quick. yeah, let's do. This is actually a pretty cool story. It's not very long, but it has some really cool... Um, Features to it. So, I thought it would be cool. Now, Paul wanted to remain anonymous. So...
3: His name really isn't Paul.
2: No, it's Paul. But that's it. That's all <laughs> we're telling. Ow. So... And I know Paul's not a really common name. So, you'll probably be able to figure out who and where this is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this takes place about 10 years ago in an unknown city. Let's see what I did there. So, Paul and his wife were invited to a housewoman party to some friends of, of Paul's. Mm-hmm. So, Paul's friend and his wife actually bought a house on the south side of the before said unknown town now during the couple's move to their new home they kind of broke all their dishes that they had so they Why? Ne- well it's just accident oh you mean on accident yeah. so during this time they, they they broke their dishes so paul and his wife got them dishes and an ice cream cake for a gift it's oh, a fitting gift
3: that's very nice
2: so when Paul and his wife arrive, they go in, they put the dishes and the ice cream cake on the counter. And there's my first discrepancy in the story. should an ice cream cake go in the freezer? No. I mean, I thought, uh, isn't it going to melt?
3: Well, it depends. Maybe they were going to have the ice cream cake in just a little bit. And you don't want to put it in the freezer because then you have to wait for it to thaw out a little bit. But
2: that's not going to be the case because I'm going to tell you they're not going to Oh, well, you got to
3: let in. me know the rest of the story then.
2: Okay. So Paul and his wife, they they're hooked up with this that sounded bad they're not hooked up with the other couple they're sitting with the other couple in the living room and they're decided they're going to watch a movie Mm -hmm. it's one of those uh post-apocalyptic type movies so it was really dark and really bleak yeah okay about 10 minutes into the movie they hear a loud crash coming from the kitchen oh
4: gosh now this is
2: why i said the cake i to keep dwelling on this cake this is why I say the cake should have probably been in the freezer because they were watching a movie. Oh, well,
3: no, I get it. So they I had, didn't know they, that,
2: though. You know, so they're, if they're watching a movie that lasts probably an hour and a half, I can't help but think that cake's going to be mush by that time. But that's neither here nor there. It has nothing to do with the story. I just hate to see a good ice cream cake go to waste. You know how I feel about yeah, ice cream I do, cake. I know. So, so about ten minutes into this movie, they hear this loud crash coming from the kitchen. All of them rush in to see what happened. Now, they didn't bother to turn the lights on. They just used the light that was coming from outside. Mm-hmm. And when they opened the door, the light that came in from the living room. When they opened the door and, and what light they had illuminates the kitchen, they can see that the cake and the and the uh, dishes were all still sitting on the counter. So they just assumed that this noise had to have come from outside. And they just let it go. They go back. It was. I don't know. So they go back in. They're going to finish watching the movie. About 20 minutes later... They hear an even louder crash. This time they know it definitely came from the kitchen.
3: Did they turn a light on this time?
2: I don't have that knowledge, but I'm going to assume they did.
3: Man, I would have.
2: So they go in, the dishes still on the counter, the cakes on the counter. They look around. They don't notice anything that could have made that noise or been broken.
3: Mm, so nothing was out of place.
2: Right. However,. Upon further inspection, the ice cream cake that was still on the counter, still sitting out and possibly melting, had smeared into the icing, I am in hell. Shut up. And the hell was spelled (gasps) H-E-L.
3: No way.
2: Yeah. I can't stand an illiterate ghost.
3: Are you serious? Is that what it said on that cake?
2: Paul and his wife made an excuse and got the hell out of there.
3: Oh, my God. That's creepy.
2: Now, over the next few weeks, his friends actually continued to hear those loud crashes and experienced several cold spots in the house. Never could find out what was going on with it.
3: I cannot believe that that's what that cake said. Yeah. (laughs) I just... I would have been like, what the heck? I would have had to I don't even know what I would have
2: done. It'd be funny if they had that done at the bakery or whatever, wherever they had the paint oh, like or of trick? If they actually had it done to take to them and they didn't notice it, that would be funny.
3: No, oh my gosh. That would scare the
2: crap. So anyway, this fun. family, they actually sold the house shortly after the, all this. Oh, I'm sure. Now, about 5 years later, his friend was actually doing some research online and he found out that a vicious gangster actually owned that house <gasps> in the 50s. So that may be the answer.
3: Oh, wow. As
2: to what was going on.
3: What wonder why it took him five years later to investigate.
2: I wonder why Ninja's sniffing my sleep pants and carrying them off.
3: Oh, I don't know. No. That is a good story. Yeah,
2: I thought that was a really cool story. Yeah. And, and Paul in Unknown Town, thank you for oh sharing that Oh my gosh, thank
3: this. you. I hope you have like a bunch more. Do you have a bunch more, I wonder?
2: I think he would have probably gave it to us if he had a bunch more. Oh. But while we're on the subject, we are, uh, this coming week... We need to start recording some listener story episodes for our Patreon account. So if you have a story and would like to tell it on the air yourself, please um, send us a message on Facebook or Twitter so we can get that set up. Because I need about... Five stories. I've got a couple of them already, but I'd like to get about five stories Mm -hmm. to put on the uh, November first episode.
3: We can't wait to hear those stories either. We love them.
2: Yeah, we love interacting with you guys. That's one of the few times we get to actually talk to you guys and go back and forth. And you guys that aren't Patreon supporters, you don't get those shows. But if you if you ever do get those shows, you'll see that we have a lot of fun. We're it's a little more laid back than than what this show is, if you can even imagine that. But it's a little more laid back, and we actually the we kind of converse back and forth with listeners, and and they tell us their story, and we ha- we just have fun with it. It's a it's a very fun show, and uh, we get a lot of people tell us that they love when we do that. So it's it's similar to some of the other stories you've heard out there, or the shows out there that where they take call ins and yeah. stuff like that. It's it's pretty close to that. So I
3: love hearing your all stories. It's just oh my gosh, it's just. We look forward to it all the time. So come on, you guys. Call us or, or send us an email or something and get those stories in here.
2: Yeah, and if you got a situation where like this, where if you don't want to tell your story but you'd like us to read your story, if it's long enough and got enough details, we'll read it on the air too. So send those to us in the email if you want to.
3: Heck yeah. Bring it on.
2: With that being said, real quick... I want to remind people that we have a new store up where you can get everything from Hillbilly Horror Story shower curtains to baby clothes to several different types of women's shirts, including V-necks, which we've had a lot of requests for, and a bunch of different men article clothing, including sleep pants, like Ninja was sniffing a while ago.
3: (laughs) I'm sure that's why Ninja was sniffing them.
2: (laughs) That's exactly what it was. So check that out. You can join Patreon You can check out our new store or just make a donation to the show if you're so inclined on our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. So check that out. Yeah, we
3: really appreciate you guys, and I just love you all so much. And I don't know, what else?
2: Well, we're going to end the show with Josh's story that I told you about in the beginning. So Josh called us up, and he told us his story. And, uh, man, he's, he's one of you guys, for real. He's a listener that loves the show. He's had some experiences. And, you know, he had some very nice things to say, not off the air, but... Uh, he had talked to us about, you know, he's went through some difficult times in life, like most of us have, and uh, he told us that the show has actually helped him a lot in the past six, eight months. And Aww. we want to say a big thank you to Josh for that. Oh, thanks to
4: you, Josh. And uh, his whole
2: family is listening to the story. They, uh, he, he got their blessing to be able to tell it. Oh, good. And like I said, he was extremely nervous. And uh, that's I, my
3: son's name. That's a good name, yeah. Josh.
2: I think you guys are going to like this, and this is kind of an example of what we do on Patreon when you hear the, these are the kind of stories that we get on there. So let's give Josh a listen real quick. All right, this is one that I think you guys are really going to be interested in. I've only heard bits and pieces myself, but trust me when I tell you what I heard was enough to uh, invite this gentleman on the show to be able to tell his story because If the whole story is anything as intriguing as what the bits and pieces I got are, I think everyone is just going to be fascinated by this. So I want to welcome to the show Josh from uh, uh, Campbellsville, Kentucky. Josh, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. How are you, Jerry? Oh, I can't complain. So I understand that your story takes a lot of uh, twists and turns and it goes on for, for years. And it started, more or less, am I right, in a cemetery? Yes, sir. Well, Josh, why don't you tell us how this uh, little story that started out so long ago, how it actually started, and just take us along this journey.
5: Okay, well, it started whenever me and some of my friends from school, from high school, decided to go on a ghost hunt. There's several places in Campbellsville that you can go to, but we decided to go to a graveyard at Teb's Bend, which is a Confederate soldier graveyard. I was kind of an idiot, and I posed in front of a grave with a flag in my mouth at 16 years old, being stupid, disrespectful, and had pictures taken. And as that was going on, um, my future wife was... uh, was setting off on the side, and she started bawling her eyes out whenever she saw a shadow of a person standing by the benches over on the side. Um, That night, whenever I got home, I went and I laid down in my bed, and I was fast asleep. My little brother lived across across the hallway, and in the middle of the night... I heard my my doorknob start to turn. I thought it was him because he was coming in there like every now and then because he was scared. But whenever I raised up to look, it was nobody sitting there. And my pillow flew out from underneath my head. And my covers flew across the room. So I'm scared to death. I run downstairs in my underwear. <sighs> I make it to the bottom of the steps. My dad comes out. His bedroom was to the right as soon as you hit the bottom of the steps. He came out with his eyes wide open. He was solid white. He was he was scared to death. Uh, He came out and asked what was going on, and I told him. And he said, "That's really weird because at the same time that I guess that was happening, at the foot of my bed there was a mist that was like a blue." He said he said like a bluish purple mist at the or like at the bottom of his bed and the shadow of a cross on on the wall. And I'm. I'm, like, freaking out, like, you know, because of what happened to me, what happened to him. It's, like, putting two and two together. It's it's scary. It's, it's crazy. But um, from then on, we heard footsteps all the time. We heard knocks. We heard doors slamming. We heard all kinds of different things. Um, there was one day that my dad was folding laundry downstairs, and there was an old... An old shower shower curtain, or a shower rod that was downstairs because we had a shower that was down there it's It's, it's an old house it was built in nineteen forty seven and he was folding laundry, and the curtain started spinning around circles or the, the the hangers were spinning around circles. I'm sorry. after that, things kept on you know the the whole footsteps and like knocks and bangs and whatever. I had an old radio upstairs in my room. It wouldn't work. It didn't have batteries if you didn't plug it in. And one night I was asleep in bed and it came on, it wasn't plugged in. And I crawled down to the bottom of my bed and I listened to it for like thirty or forty five minutes and it was not a language I've ever heard in my entire life. It was it was like crazy. It was I don't know what it was. It scared scared me enough that I went downstairs and slept on the couch. Following that, I found out my senior year of high school that I was gonna be a daddy uh i played baseball i decided to pretty much just leave the sports life behind and and go you know like provide for my family i went to uh, we owned a printing shop in camelsville i'd worked there since i was like six years old and you know like putting books together and all kinds of other stuff but uh i was just wanting to provide it was uh it was a hard move for my life, but I got married one week after I graduated high school. And we were setting out one night after we got married, which we got married, you know, a couple months later. Or uh, <laughs> June the 5th, It was what's the exact date? Um, a couple months later, we were laying in bed, and we were just listening to people talk upstairs. It was like, I mean, plain as day. It was crazy. And this farmhouse was like 100 years old. Um, there was a door that went to the laundry room from the outside and we used to listen and there would be, the door would open and then shut and then footsteps and then footsteps out and door slam and it scared the absolute crap out of us. I bet. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, so we decided to move. She was eight months pregnant. We moved back into town in Camelsville, and I guess maybe two or three weeks later after we moved in. um, Do you know what a bottle rack is? Like where you wash bottles and set them on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was one night after my daughter was born that I walked in the kitchen to make, like, prefixed bottles for, you know, for her in case she woke up, and I was by the refrigerator, and the bottle rack flew across <laughs> flew across the, the, the counter and almost hit me, and I'm like, what in the world is going on here, <laughs> so I ran back and told her what happened, and she was kind of, you know, like freaked out, of course, like, you know, any person would be, and she kind of brushed it off, I didn't, I, I was scared to death. I'm, not gonna be, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I was scared to death, uh, and it wasn't. It wasn't very long after that. We had some wind chimes that we hung up in the kitchen, and we were sitting in there in the living room, which is like right in front of the kitchen, and they just started chiming, like unnaturally. I mean, it wasn't like there was a breeze going through the house. It wasn't like, you know, it, I mean, it was like they were sitting outside. It was it was like scared us to death. Um, we, after that, decided to, um, you know, like if anything was gonna happen after that, we were gonna move. So one night, we me and one of my friends went to uh, my mom and dad's house and left my daughter and my wife over there. Uh, for the night because they were going to bed and they were like they were sitting on the couch whenever we left and when I got home or whenever I got to my mom and dad's house I uh, got a phone call immediately. It said that the lights were flickering on and off and doors were opening and shutting so we immediately ran over there and sure enough as soon as we got over there they were. I mean it was it was like the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Walked on the door and the lights were going on and off and Doors slamming shut. So we sent my daughter and my my wife at the time out to the car. Um, I mean, my daughter was only a, you know like a few weeks old. So, um, so we get some clothes. Say we go stay over at my mom's. So me and my friend went up to uh, to my daughter's bedroom, and it was really creepy just even walking in there. I mean, it was, you know, lights flickering on and off, and we walked in there, and there was a porcelain egg that was on her dresser where you put the first curl or first tooth or whatever in, and I was trying to get clothes for for my little girl, and it flew in between me and him and hit the wall and shattered and scared the absolute shit out of both of us. So I just reached in our closet, and I grabbed, like, I don't know how many pairs of clothes and just ripped them off the, off the hangers and ran outside. And uh, we went back to my mom and dad's. It took me until like 1.30, 2 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon to go back over there because I was scared to death. And we went back over there. My daughter's room was like completely ripped, like ripped to shreds. I mean, it was, it was like, it was horrible, like a tornado come through there. It was horrible. Um, there were boxes of diapers that had been opened up and ripped apart. And like thrown all over the room, dresser flipped over, lamp went across the room. And immediately I called my mom and dad. I'm like, you have to come see this. So they come over there. And my dad, as soon as he got there, he grabbed me by the shoulder and took me back to my daughter's bedroom and shut the door. And he looked at me and he said, Josh, are you doing this? Are you making this happen? Are you like putting on a show? And at the exact same time that he said that, he looked over and I looked over And there was a a baby swing with a Winnie Pooh doll in it. And it was swinging back and forth. Like, I'm I'm not talking about like, you know, like barely swinging. I mean, it was like big time swinging. And he looked at me and he said, Josh, I apologize. I'm sorry that I even asked you that. So later on that evening, my mom, of course, she's she's a big, she loves her son, blah, 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 you know. (laughs) She had a bunch of friends over to my house. To pray, you know. Um, do you know what a prayer warrior is, Jerry?
2: Uh, did you say a prayer warrior? Yes, sir. Yes.
5: Well, there was a bunch of those that was praying for us, and they said Jesus is at the middle of a round table, which my my kitchen table was round. And at the time that they had called, I had one to go pick up a friend, and he had a necklace with a crucifix on it, a cross. And we had just made it back to the house, and... I opened up the front door and walked in, and he was getting ready to behind me, and it was ripped off his neck. Hit the ground. It was, I don't know, it was a very emotional moment. Um, but we made it through all that, and a couple days later, we had a, a preacher come over and bless the house and bless us. Um, anointed us with, uh, with oil, you know, the holy oil, above each uh, each doorway. And on my head, my wife's head, and daughter's head. And then we walked around my house, like the walls of Jericho. You know, seven days, Jericho fell. But, um... After that, things kind of calmed down. You know, chilled out for two or three years. Well, it was two years. Me and my friend went swimming. After all this right here, my me and my wife got a divorce. And... I was dating somebody else at the time, and me and my friend went swimming out at Green River Lake, and we come back, and I took a nap on the couch, and she come over while I was asleep and couldn't wake me up. Well, she called my grandpa because she couldn't wake me up, and the only thing I remember is laying down and take the nap, and then... Waking up, strapped to a stretcher. What I was told afterwards was, I woke up and I pretty much attacked my grandpa, in which I'm not, I'm not proud of. But he said I was speaking in tongues, and I put my my hand on his forehead, or he put his hand on my forehead while I was trying to put my hands around his neck, and. He said a prayer, and he said I hit the ground. And the next thing I knew, I woke up on a stretcher, like strapped to it, all bloody. After I got home that night, I found out that I had broken every mirror in the house, and that's where all the blood come from. And it, it's hard to talk about. It's, they took me to a psychiatrist like I had known what I was doing, and they found nothing wrong with me. At all and well I mean that, that, that was pretty much the last thing that happened after that happened two weeks like two or three weeks after that I went and I got a, a St. Michael tattoo
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: and I actually had it um, I had it done uh, with a picture that's actually really cool And it says, St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle, and it's done in Latin. So, I mean, not much has happened since then. Um, There was one incident where my sister was in my old room, and it was back whenever we had the old TVs, you know, the great big backs and stuff. And her and her friends were sitting in front of it watching TV. It was ripped off the wall, pretty much. It it, it, it was thrown off with so much force that it, like, broke the cord in half. It wasn't even ripped out of the wall. It, like, broke the cord in half. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the front door of my parents' house, it's like a real tight squeeze. I mean, you can't, you got to, like, shove it to slam it. My daughter and friends were sitting in here one night, and the door was open, and it slammed all the way shut. And she ran in <laughs> and told my dad and he come in here and he tried for like 45 minutes just to slam the door <laughs> he couldn't do it so i mean i don't know if there's still a little bit of things going on here but I, i'm sure it's not as evil as what was going on with me but yeah i've had a pretty rough experience in in my life
2: well buddy i hope it it, it stays away because so, so when's how long has it been since the last occurrence
5: well, I mean, with me, it was back in 2007. It was was my last actual... That's whenever I was speaking in tongues,
2: <laughs> if that tells you anything. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So, any any thoughts as to what all this... I mean, I know we, we started off with the cemetery situation, but...
5: You- and I apologize for that once more because that was very disrespectful of me. I, and I was a stupid young teenager.
2: But, I mean, do you think that was just a coincidence or do you think something has followed you throughout all have, those years of life? I don't
5: know because that very same night, and I didn't mention this earlier, but the way that, that the roads are here in Camelsville, um, out in the country, they're all, you know, curvy and, and high. You know, you're going up hills, down hills, up hills, down hills. And earlier that night, we had went to a place called, Crybaby Bridge in which, you know, there's one of those in like every single <laughs> exactly. town in America. <laughs> you know, where you pull the car up, you turn it off, and you can hear cry, or babies crying or whatever. But we were heading back up a hill called Muldraw Hill. And there was something that crossed the road, and I'm not shitting you. It, it had a wingspan that was probably eight or nine feet long. Because, because <laughs> whenever we got to the top of the hill... Every person in my car was crying. They were all girls. <laughs> it was, it was bad. So we pulled over, and that's before we went to Teb's Bend, which, where my experience, where I thought it started. Um, but there's been a lot of experiences out there too, though. It's not just. I mean, there's a lot of places here in Camelso that, that that's that's considered haunted. You know, uh, have you ever heard of Springton
2: Tunnel? No, that's a new one on me.
5: Oh, you're gonna to to check that out. There is a witch of Springton Tunnel. I cannot believe you ain't heard of this. Um,
2: you know, it's a, it's amazing though when you, when people say that all the time to us. But I think I, <laughs> I, think, I think what it is is I mean they're we're, depending on what city you're in or what right. state you're in. Some things like like when you're in the state of Kentucky, obviously, like you are, everybody yes, knows Waverly. Everybody knows Bobby Mackey's. Right. Um, right other than right. that, it's pretty much you know what's close to you. Right and, right, and, and right, and Everything else, because like you said, there's a, like a crybaby bridge almost everywhere, and like yes, even, there is. Even you mentioned Muldraugh Hill. I mean, south of Louisville, going towards Radcliffe, Fort Knox area, there's a Muldraugh here, right. hill there too. So it's just like is it really? Yeah, yeah. Right, out, right outside of Fort Knox. I <laughs> don't surprise me. So. But yeah, so that's that's what it is though. Is these things are you grow up if you're from the area, you grow up hearing these things all the time. But you get outside of a fifty mile radius, most people probably haven't heard of it. Well,
5: the thing with uh, with Sprung and Tunnel though, um, the guy that owned that, the guy and his wife that owned that, um, they bought that land from my great grandfather. And uh, there's there's like there's records of the actual. The, well, I guess you would call witch Nancy Bass. Um, she's in the the whatever you call it, <laughs> uh, the census or whatever. Oh, okay. um, but I mean, there, there's all kinds of stories about her. She uh, supposedly once turned a guy into a donkey and rode into rode into a dance. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of crazy stuff. It's 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 really cool stuff. And um, I had some friends that. Went to Kalamazoo University after high school and actually did a documentary on it. There's a three-part series on YouTube, and it's, it, it's, it's really awesome. It's it's really cool. It, it explains a lot and actually has the guy that that bought the land from my grandpa on it doing, like, an interview. It's really cool, really cool. You got to check it out.
2: I probably will do. I mean, I'm into anything local. So, I mean, I, I love all these local stories. And that's that's something we're going to start getting a little more into as we get into... Uh, I like that. I really like yeah, that. The end of this year and next year. The problem is, obviously, you get into some of these, these stories and there's just not a whole lot to tell. I mean, it's literally right. a five-minute story. Right. So, that's that, those are the types of stories that we're going to be looking at for... Uh, like the, the Patreon stories and stuff, because I think we did one for Patreon last night that was a uh, New Hampshire story, and we yeah. immediately had somebody write us on patreon and say hey i'm from New New Hampshire. this is exciting." So that's that'll be fun to start mixing some little small local uh, stories that usually don't make any kind of these podcasts or YouTube videos and just try to get them out there. Right, right. Well,
5: well, Josh, that's awesome. I greatly. Uh, I, I love y'all's show. Well, that's,
2: we, we appreciate that. We,
5: uh, I, I mean, I look forward to that every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. Monday morning, I wake up. That's what I listen to on the way to work. My first two breaks, that's what it is. It's, it's yeah. Hillbilly Horror Stories.
2: Well we thank you so much and and I know you've you've written us a, a few times over the past four or five months and, and uh it's taken a while to be able to get you on but uh I guess better late than never, and finally got everybody's schedule to work out. But I'm I'm glad you took the time. You know, I know you were extremely nervous about telling the story, and you said you don't. Well, if you you couldn't tell whenever I was telling it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I know you said you hadn't told very many people. So we're kind of honored that you chose us to to actually have this as like a little uh, coming out party. And I'm sure the listeners enjoyed hearing it.
5: Well, I appreciate that, Jerry.
2: Well, thank you so much for being a listener and, and, a, and a, a Patreon supporter as well. And, um, well, thank you for letting me tell. tell. Tell everybody in your family hi and that uh, we, we're we thankful that you, they allowed you to share this story with us. All right. Thank you
5: so much, Jerry.
2: See, how cool of a story was that?
3: It was a very good story, Josh. Thank you for sharing that with us, honey.
2: Yeah, I and mean, you didn't come across too nervous. I mean, it, I didn't think you could really tell it all. and it, I know you were nervous, but it didn't come across that way. No, not at all. Now, with that being said... Uh, a couple of quick things I want to end the show with. First of all, thank you guys for all the kind words that you give us every week.
3: Yeah, we do appreciate it, especially me.
2: Yeah, we get, um, like I said, we occasionally get somebody say something very and hateful. And I know, hey, we put ourselves out there. If we agree to do something publicly like we do, you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, and we're prepared course. to do that. But me as a husband, I get frustrated if somebody picks on uh, the woman that I love more than anything in this world. And if I get frustrated with that, people are just going to have to deal with that. Because if you make insults that have to do with somebody's voice or their um, smarts, intelligence, any of that stuff, that's just uncalled for. If you don't like the show, write a review by all means and say, hey, I just don't like the show you know, we, we had one uh, a while back that I thought it was kind of off a little bit, but it said that, believe it or not, that we don't do very much research on the show. That they just, they're just, it wasn't very deep. Where I feel like that, you know, hey, we do a lot of research, but we didn't bring it up because everybody's got a right to their opinion. And that's that's a valid opinion on the show. If you don't like the research that we do, hey, bring it up. If you don't like the fact we had somebody else... um that on one of the rock and roll shows that he didn't think the points we brought up on some of the uh, religious parts of the stairway to heaven, he didn't think they were valid points from a Christian standpoint. That's, that's what you, that's the kind of negatives you should relieve or, or you know, leave in reviews, but to make comments about people's voices or their um, lack of intelligence in your opinion, or the the fact that they're nasally, I just think that's, that's uncalled for. That's more of an attack. And uh I get frustrated, so I kinda lashed out a little bit on Twitter. Most of you seen it. We have no intentions on not doing this show. I was just extremely frustrated, as any of you would be if the person that you love was attacked verbally. So
3: I love you, honey.
2: And I love you too, baby. So in honor of Tom Petty's passing away, which we didn't mention, Uh, I thought we would end the night with a Tom Petty song, and it's a fitting song for um, the whole situation called Here Comes My Girl. We'll see you guys next week.
6: That left no more. I found myself having to reach out and grab hold of something. Yeah I just catch myself wondering waiting worrying about some silly little things that don't add up to nothing.